Welcome back to another episode of Generally Assembled. I'm one of your co-hosts, Neil Lesher, spokesman for the House Appropriations Committee. Jason is actually on assignment this week, but I'm joined by a special guest, uh, Representative Paul Schemmel, who comes from the great county of Franklin. Welcome. Great to be here, Neil. Well, you know, thank you for being with me. I, a lot is happening in the Pennsylvania House this week. I will start off with the, the Zuckerbucks. Eric Nelson, Representative Eric Nelson from Westmoreland County, uh, has a bill to regulate private donations that are used to run elections. Uh, and we had quite an interesting floor debate about that. Sure did. You know, and for those of you who are listening, which I understand is actually just Mrs. Topper and uh, Jen Fitz. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, for all of those of you listening, uh, what this is is money that's being paid in the past in 2020 election for election services given to counties. But it was given only to specific counties. Uh, it was given overwhelmingly to the city of Philadelphia and a few others to the tune of about $8 per voter in the city of Philadelphia, supposedly to take care of, get out the vote efforts for impoverished individuals. But interesting, Neil, what we heard yesterday is that the six poorest counties of the, of the Commonwealth got no money. Uh, but this is no problem because those happen to be Republican counties where apparently poor people don't need to vote, at least as I listened to the floor debate yesterday. Yeah, and, and the minority whip gave a, a very loud and, and raucous uh, floor speech, but in it, he basically outlined the problem. He, he, he outlined that our objection is that the money only went to Democratic areas. His problem is that we take offense with that. That's right, yeah. And uh, he'd say, well, you seem not to want certain people to vote. Well, what we really want is everyone to vote. And, and that's precisely the problem, is that this use of private money for only certain places assures that only some people vote in some places and other places don't get that advantage. So, you know, who'd have thought that money in politics would be a problem? Apparently, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle don't have such a problem with it. But I believe in one or two election cycles, they will regret that stance if Zuckerbucks are not uh, allowed to go down the tube where they should. Yeah, and sticking with the theme of election integrity, we also were able to attach a, a voter ID constitutional amendment yesterday on the floor. Yesterday would be Tuesday of this week. You know, and I think that that's something that's widely actually supported by the public. I think the polling is like 75 percent of the public supports voter ID. Yeah, and the governor himself says that now maybe he would support <coughs> voter ID you know, after vetoing a voter ID bill. But that's the enigma of Tom Wolf. This is really important. You know, this is election integrity. You need to be able to verify that you are who you are. Uh, all modern, most modern countries, except the exceptionally the United States, requires voter IDs. This is a no-brainer. It also allows for more efficient voting. You can go into the polling place, you can scan your ID, you don't have the 92-year-old person with the book and handwritten signatures there to make sure that you are who they think you are. So this is good legislation. This is a constitutional amendment, so I hope the people of Pennsylvania will see the value of it. Right. And uh, another constitutional amendment, actually, I think it was two, uh, that, were actually, that were offered up by our House Speaker, Brian Cutler, to try to rein in this regulatory state. I mean, we've seen under Governor Wolf just an onslaught of regulatory actions trying to bypass the legislature. Legislature. And, you know, I think uh, Representative Nelson, I think it was him yesterday on the floor, uh, had a really great line. He said, it shouldn't take a two-thirds vote to undo what a majority would have never approved. And I think that's important. Well, Governor Wolf is a businessman, and I think one of the things that he is seeking to bring to the Commonwealth is efficiency. And nothing is more efficient than an autocracy. Uh, it's worked really well in Venezuela and Cuba. Uh, I think he's trying to recreate that here in Pennsylvania. He has issued no less than 52 separate individual unilateral mandates that do not, they have the force of law, but do not have any legislative support. So this would, you know, rein that in and say, look, when, when the, we understand sometimes the executive, the governor needs to act, but when he does, after time, the, the legislature needs to to weigh in. We share powers in the United States. 
Right. You know, and I think we've, we value transparency and we've tried to, uh, you know, move things forward. I think you know, the fact that we're doing these as constitutional amendments, I mean, I think that's the most democratic process there is because at the end of the day, the voters will have the final say on that. Yeah, this is a vote to let you vote. Mrs. Topper, in particular, you in particular, to go vote. So, uh, you know, who can argue with this? And and sometimes my Democratic colleagues like to say, well, you're forcing this down our throat. We haven't had her hearings. Nothing's more deliberative and slow than a referenda on, uh, you know, on constitutional amendments. It has to be passed in two separate sessions. That, that ensures that two to three years at a minimum have passed between the passage of those before it even goes to the voters. And then the voters get to decide. We shouldn't be afraid of that. You know, sticking with the transparency theme, um, you're a member of the state government committee. You you all have been working for months now on a process to develop congressional maps for the redistricting process. It's been the most transparent process in state history. Could you give us a little flavor, a little insight into how, how that's been, what, what it's been like to be part of that process? So we've had multiple hearings across the state. I've, I've attended them. Uh, it's been good to hear from people. It's not really helpful when we just get lectured about gerrymandering. We know about gerrymandering. We try to avoid gerrymandering. But what has been helpful is when people in the Commonwealth have come forward and said, look, this is something unique about our community, where people work, where people travel, where people live. Uh, those are the things we need to know to make smart maps. So the committee has now taken a map that was not designed by the committee, it was designed by a private citizen, and that is our starting place. So now we can take all of the information that we've had from those committee hearings, we have over 30 days, to sort of refine that into this proposed map. Then we can make changes as we see fit. So my Democratic colleagues, I heard one of them on the radio this morning saying, oh, you know, uh, that this was, you know, terrible, they had no input. What, what are you talking about? We've had multiple hearings. Your members have barely even tried to, to participate. But now is the opportunity for take what you've heard at those hearings and integrate that into the map that we have. That is a very transparent process, and I'm proud to be part of it. Yeah, and that map that was offered by Amanda Holt, you know, and she's got a long history on redistricting. She and testified wonderfully. I mean, she really knows her stuff. And that's a first, too. I think it's the first time you've ever had somebody who drew a map that then had to come forward and explain what their rationale was. You know, if you go back to 2018 when the Supreme Court hijacked this process, they had a map drawler in California who drew a map, put it out, and never answered a single question about what his rationale was behind the decisions he made. Yeah, that's correct. The last thing we want is the court to be making this decision. It's not the court's decision to make. Uh, if you look at our own constitution, it's ours and the legislature utilizing the, in the information that you as citizens give us. And you can still submit information to the committee to be considered. Well, you know, time for Krasner Watch, I think. Do you see, uh, you know, we have a, a DA in Philadelphia who has not prosecuted gun crimes and the other day tried to claim that there is no crisis of crime in the city of Philadelphia. It only took a couple days for him to have to try to walk that back. But one of the interesting things, and I'll let you comment on this, but one of the interesting things that I noted, he had a press conference earlier this week, you know, I called it his oopsie press conference where he tried to walk back his stupid comments. And one of the character witnesses he had at that was a former lawmaker who had to resign because she was found guilty of theft. Do you remember Representative Movita Harrell? Oh, yes. I, I, re I remember her very well. And she was at his press conference saying, hey, this is a really good guy. Give him a break. Yeah, I think that might have been a work release provision of her you know, <laughs> own confinement. But part, but part look, of the agreement. Look at Larry Krasner. Uh, and and you know, I, I hope he runs forever. I mean, he's great for us Republicans. I mean, I, I don't live in Philadelphia, so I don't have to live under you know his you know lack of prosecution. But but uh, this week we had Senator Street, who uh, you know there was some, there was gun crime outside. There was some sort of shooting outside of his office, and thankfully it wasn't. She said, "Oh, it's not shooting. No one's trying to shoot me. Uh, this was just quote unquote regular." 
shooting, just a regular shooting. I, I don't know. Is anyone going to investigate that in the city of Philadelphia? Is Larry Krasner going to take interest in that? Or is he too busy trying to enforce a vaccine mandate of anyone who might want to have a wedding reception or, heaven forbid, actually go to the city of brotherly love and have dinner? Larry Krasner's Philadelphia. What a wonderful place. I'm glad I live in Franklin County. Well, I think this is a, g a good transition given the theme that I picked for it. I started a new segment here on Generally Assembled, and it's called PA Democrats or... San Francisco. Um, so how the game is played is I'm going to read you, I have three here, I'm going to read you a policy proposal, and then you have to guess, was this a proposal that was put forward by a Pennsylvania Democrat or by somebody in the city of San Francisco? All right, okay? this will be hard, but Are go ahead. Right? This will be hard. That's the whole point of the game. All right, so elected officials, this isn't really a policy proposal, but an elected official recently hosted a panel on the importance of mental health for justice-impacted women. And so when I saw this, I said to myself, what is a justice-impacted woman? Well, it turns out that's the new PC term for a former inmate. Oh, all right. I mean, do you think that P this PC, uh, well, let, let, I'll let you guess first, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Gosh, given the setup, I'm, I'm going to say this is probably a Pennsylvania legislator, although it could equally be a, you know, a conservative in San Francisco. I don't know. <laughs> True. Um, so pretty close. It is actually uh, First Lady Frances Wolf oh, had, right. a, had a panel on justice-impacted women. Really? I wonder if they talked at all during that discussion about election laws, since Frances Wolf violated election laws. Oh. that her husband actually signed she into might, law. So she could become a justice-impacted be, woman. You know, really, if there were justice. Fortunately, I think she spends most of her time in the city of Philadelphia where we don't prosecute crime, so right. she should be safe. Yeah, at least not the vehicle code, right? All right, I got another one for you here, and this one really blew my mind. So there was a, there's a proposal, a solution for gun violence. So we're, we're for solutions to gun violence, sure, right? Sure, of course. Yeah. Certain solutions don't I'm take Generally guns. not for gun violence. Yeah, and I don't know anybody that is. So, so somebody came up with this idea. We're going to identify people who are a high threat to possibly shoot someone and then give them $300 a month not to do it. Oh, okay, three hundred dollars not to do it. Well, given that we have so little money, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is San Francisco. San Francisco. All right. Okay, I mean, crazy ideas. These people come up with the craziest stuff. But like, if you've identified somebody as as a high risk of shooting someone, you should probably get them more help than just here's three hundred dollars. Please don't do it. Well, coming from Franklin County, where most people do have firearms, I guess you could say we all have access to firearms. So I imagine my residents would love to be paid three hundred dollars yeah, not to shoot someone. I've never shot anybody. I haven't either. Is that three hundred dollars a day? No, a month. I'm not good at math, but I can calculate that pretty quickly for the treasurer. Yeah, exactly. All right, last one, last one. And I bring this up given the horrific incident that happened at the holiday parade in Wisconsin. Uh, Co-sponsor memo, might be giving that away, but uh, ending cash bail. All right, well, I've actually talked to some of my colleagues uh, on the other side of the aisle here in Pennsylvania, so I know that that's Pennsylvania, although they might be doing it in San Francisco. Now, well, yes, I think that's probably a trick question, because I think that the, these proposals are all over the country, but yes, that's Representative Summer Lee from the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's such a great idea to just let people go and on the promise that they're going to return, because people that are usually accused of crimes are honest citizens, so, you know, what a wonderful idea. We will end cash bail so that criminals can walk the street with us. 
All right. Well, you know what? I've enjoyed our conversation this morning. Hopefully you did too. Yeah, uh, that's all the time that we have. I uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast, Representative Schemmel. My pleasure, Neil. Glad to be here. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Don't forget, you can catch this podcast along with all your other favorite House Republican podcasts on pahousegop.com slash mypodcasts. Uh, you can also email any tips or complaints to generallyassembled at pahousegop.com. I'm Neil. And I'm Paul Schemmel. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.